You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello. Before the episode, we just wanted to drop in and say we have merch finally available. We're at tpublic.com. So if you'd like to check out all of our different merch that is continually being updated, you can go uh, to trivialitypodcast.com, click merchandise, or go to tpublic.com and type in Triviality Podcast, or there's an even easier way, Ken. Google it. Google it. Yeah, that's right. And uh, we have our classic logo and some crazy stuff that Neil came up with featuring some uh, inside jokes from the show. So we hope you like the merch and uh, let us know your ideas as well. Yep. And thank you all for your support. And uh, we hope you enjoy our new merchandise. On to the show. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the show where I ask Neil the question, how dare you? My name is Ken. Neil, how dare you? My answer to that is, why not? (laughs) Well done. Uh, We got a full house today. We have uh, Jeff also sitting in the studio with us. Matt coming in from Los Angeles. What's up? Hey. Oh, hey. How's it going? Guys are kind of watching a Bears game right now while we podcast, aren't you? Yeah, kind of. We would yeah, never do of. something so no. unprofessional. We care about our craft. Now, now uh, Jeff is actually here in shorts. So, Matt, how do his bare legs make you feel? Um, bare legs, bear season, all bears. Go bears. It is, <laughs> it is 30 degrees today, so I think uh, Jeff's a little nuts. But uh, we're pretty happy because we have a great special guest today, our one and only executive producer on Patreon, Matthew Cosme. How you doing? How's it going? Welcome back to the show, I believe, for the second time. And I mentioned that you're an executive producer, so that means uh, you have a game coming down the pipe for us, right? I told you guys a little bit about it, uh, but I'd like uh, I'd rather it be a, more of a surprise for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the audience. Okay, so probably in a couple weeks to a month, uh, you'll hear that executive producer game once again with uh, Matthew Cosme, or maybe a little bit uh, later. Uh, but today, Matthew has written a normal game for us, so we're going to team up uh, me and Matt, uh, once again, trying to prove ourselves against the winningest team, Jeff and Neil. So, guys, what's your team name going to be? Uh, I don't know. How about just the the most winningest, even <laughs> yeah. though it's, I guess, grammatically incorrect, possibly? The most winningest team? The most winningest team. All right. Since uh, we're kind of the opposite, we'll be the most whiniest and uh, Matt had a special request today, and that was to hear the rules from... 
a certain celebrity that, uh, that, that I don't think we've ever heard here before. Okay, mm-hmm. let's hear those rules. Triviality Podcast is two rounds of 20 questions worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there's a special swing round by this week's host. In the final round, players wager points they've earned for a chance to become the cream of the crop. The cream will rise at the top. Oh, yeah. Actually, we have heard it before. It's Gilbert Godfrey. Recall him, yes. yes. How can oh, we you forget? You know what? Yeah, yeah. Now that I hear it again, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Iago. All right. We are all ready to go. So go ahead and uh, fire off that first question whenever you're ready. And me and Matt will try to take down the most winningest team. All right. Uh, so we got round one, question one. I got a character uh, category of failed military ops. Uh, question is, uh, in the 1960s during the Cold War, the CIA had the idea to fit an animal with recording equipment to stealthily record Soviet conversations and hopefully get some intel. Unfortunately, spend, uh, after spending about $20 million on this project, it was abandoned. Some sources say this was because their one subject was almost immediately hit by a car. Others say it was because it was too hard to train. What was the animal? Okay. I, I was thinking it was a dolphin until he said hit by a car, unless it was like really a freakish accident. But A water car. Uh, otherwise known boat. as a submarine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, Neil. I swear to God I heard this on like a Today I Found Out or something. I thought I did too, and that's why I'm trying to decide if it was Animal, the drummer from... The Muppets or an actual animal because it could have it could have been him. He seems very wily. I feel like they would have wanted something that was like kind of innocuous, something smaller, something that could get into a lot of places. With some like Kevin, like Kevin Hart or modicum of intelligence. So what were you thinking? Cat maybe? Yep. I was thinking maybe a cat or a rat, but I thought maybe this was something a little bit more ambulatory. And I'm trying to remember. You're thinking they're training a rat to carry ammunition. <laughs> Or secrets? <laughs> no, no, they're not. just carrying ammunition. That was the last episode. Oh. <laughs> they're just... <laughs> they're, we're, they're, they're outfitting it with a recording device. Oh, okay. So they're putting a, a wire. Yeah. Yeah. Like making the animal wear a wire. That's what we call in the business. So you get, you, if you, in the business, you get moleskin tape. So it sticks to your skin and doesn't hurt your skin. So maybe it's a mole. And that's where the moleskin tape comes from. Or, or maybe, maybe that's where that comes from. Yeah. The term the mole comes from that. Anderson Cooper. That's right. <laughs> I mean, unless you come up with something better, I'm I'm cool with going cat. I think it's small enough, and I think that they don't care what people think and don't want to listen. But I, I, whatever you think, though. No, we'll, we can go cat. Okay. okay. Uh, These guys are going cat. What do you think, Matt? I'm down with whatever you I think. I don't think that – I don't think you could train a cat to do anything. I think so you that... could train a rat, so I want to go rat. Yeah. Of course let's, you do. Let's go rat. You dirty rat. All right, you dirty rat, you. <laughs> so we got one rat and one cat. Okay. So – uh, part of the question was that uh, it was too hard to train it. Uh, so the fact that you can't train a cat to do anything is exactly why mm-hmm. uh, you wouldn't uh, why you wouldn't want to outfit them with recording equipment. But apparently, the CIA didn't know that. <laughs> Good job, guys. Uh, yeah, uh, the, op- uh, the, uh, the 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 CIA operation was known as Operation Acoustic Kitty. Oh, good band name. Uh, so I got a category of leave us alone, Mel Brooks. I I will be honest. I don't expect too many people to get this one. 
in Robin Hood and Men in Tights, there's a famous line where Carrie Elwes's Robin says, unlike other Robin Hoods, I can speak with an English accent, a reference to Kevin Costner's 1991 run as, as Robin Hood in Prince of Thieves. Uh, due to this accent not existing in redubbed versions of this film, uh, international releases changed this joke to make fun of Costner in other ways. What was the line in the Quebecois French version of the film? Okay, Jeff, um, I don't think this is correct, but I think it's a decent place to go. So let's lock in with this. All right. These guys have a guess. So if it's in French, maybe he's speaking with a natural French accent instead of a Canadian Quebecois mm. accent. So that's what I think. Unlike okay. most Robin Hoods, I speak with an actual French accent. Yeah, works for me. So we just thought maybe they were making fun of Kevin Costner's filmography, and we said they probably referenced that he was dancing with wolves of some sort, some kind of reference like that. Yeah, okay, like I said, this one was very hard. Uh, this was actually just another reference to Prince of Thieves, where uh, there, where his Robin Hood doesn't actually wear tights. Uh, mm. So it was, uh, unlike other Robin Hoods, I actually accept to wear tights. Oh, oh okay. And I see Neil is wearing tights in the studio today. I am wearing tights. Um, they're comfortable. Um, I did ask Colleen. You're not other... supposed to wear them around your neck, though. Well, I don't know what that's about. Well, it's it's called a body turtleneck. <laughs> it's just a turtleneck goes straight from the the guttural region all the way down. Mm -hmm. okay. No, I don't like it. <laughs> all right, question three, please. All right, uh, question three, category a trivia question about trivia. When I added this question in, uh, this was before uh, the unfortunate passing of Alex Trebek, but it is also a fitting tribute. Uh, who was the original host of Jeopardy prior to the current syndicated version? So, Jeff, I know we have a lot of fans who uh, have been on Jeopardy, love Jeopardy, uh, and we're probably going to get this wrong, but I think this answer at least puts us in the realm of a possibility. So let's lock in. Okay. Matt, we're looking for the original Jeopardy host. Do we know? I don't think so. My first thought, I for some reason I thought Pat Sajak, but then I remember it's actually because Alex Trebek hosted Wheel of Fortune at some point in time. So really? I don't actually know this. Yeah, he switched for an episode well, with Sajak. Well, we could say we could say Sajak. Yeah. It's a good, he hosted a, good a guess as any. Better better than saying uh, Steve Harvey, so let's say uh, Pat Sajak. <laughs> Steve Harvey would be laughing through every answer. Yeah. Um, so originally we said it was the one blonde-haired, spiky-haired guy from Office Space who always wanted to buy a vowel and was always O. Um, but we ended up going uh, with Merv Griffin because we know he had a relationship with the show as an EP, I believe. So maybe he hosted before um, Trebek. So that's what we went with. Uh, yeah. So Merv Griffin actually created Jeopardy, uh, came up with the idea uh, just from like a contextual point of view. Um, but the actual original host was, uh, Art Fleming. Oh, the famous Ooh. Art Fleming. <laughs> Is he related to Art Nouveau? Uh, no, he's actually Ian Fleming's American half-brother. Is that true? <laughs> he was no, actually, he actually played himself, uh, twice. Uh, once in Airplane 2, mm. uh, and once on, uh, in the music video for Weird Al's I Lost on Jeopardy. Mm. Mm. Okay. Oh. Ken, you don't like airplanes, so I can't imagine you would ever want to watch the <laughs> <No>. sequel. <laughs> I never want to watch a second airplane movie. Actually, I have a quick question for you. We know you don't like boat movies. We know you don't like kid movies or kids on boats. How do you feel about like Passenger 57 or Nonstop, where it's in the air in an airplane? I haven't seen them. Okay. Air Force One, it's on a plane basically the whole yeah, time? Yeah, I maybe watched that one on a, on a trip or something. Okay. What about Con Air? Con Air is a classic. It okay. Is, there you but go. It's, it's also, bad, though. It's also it's, trash. Yeah, it's trash. Okay. Wrong. All right. Good no, continue. no, re-watch re it. Just 
Trust me. However, I prefer The Rock to Con Air, which is basically mm-hmm. the same movie. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Uh, question four category. By your powers combined. Uh Captain Planet and the Planeteers is a well-known children's show aimed at fighting pollution. The series ran from 1991 to 1996 and featured a pretty easy-to-recite opening sequence, introducing the characters and their places of origin. But this sequence changed a bit between the first and second seasons, changing what they called the location of the character who controlled wind. Uh, what was this character's name? And for bon- and, and for I, I'll say two bonus points. Where were they originally from, according to the season one opening? This is one of those... Um areas that i just have a black hole i mean i watched you know, it's, you know it's funny is for a show that like didn't really last very long and it wasn't very popular we get a lot of questions about captain planet i think yeah. you just bring oh, it up a lot absolutely Matt. love captain planet yeah i he's a hero the, the, there was a thread in the crop where i was like where, where i just delved deep into like <laughs> captain planet lore <laughs> well matt if I you want to lock in uh, your guess on this one uh, I can't really sure. contribute, so I, I I can't remember his name. I know I know I think I know where he's from the area, but well, I, maybe we I'm can get some s- bonus points. Yeah, we'll lock in something. All right, so we're looking for the character that controls wind, and then where he originally was from. Correct. Jeff? Yeah. I mean, Neil, I've been in a enclosed room with you for a while, so I know you sometimes control wind or don't control wind. I can generate it uh, <laughs> at will. Um, so. I thought this was maybe the South American character. I was just thinking, yeah, I was thinking South America as well. So if we go with South America, then originally we got to it's got to be somewhere like completely different. If it, the original one, they probably changed it because it was a bad idea. How about uh, South America? And then we go. Um, I feel bad for people who are listening in Europe, but I can't see Captain Planet giving any <laughs> nod to Europe whatsoever. And I bet they did. And they're like, uh, we can't give anything to Europe. Okay, we can go with that. Okay, so South America and our bonus is uh, Europe. Yep. Yeah, it's it's the I think it's the blonde haired girl, and uh, I'm pretty sure she's from South America. Uh, and I, I don't know why it would change, because so, I was thinking it's a country that changed at some point in time, but I I don't know. So we'll just say Colombia, and then it moved to Brazil. I don't know, but we don't know her name. Blonde haired girl. <laughs> okay. Um, so there's going to be no points here. Uh, her <laughs> name, uh, her name was Linka. Yep. Uh, and she so was Swedish. Now I gave, I gave the years, which was important. Uh, Jeff, you might understand. Oh. It started in 1991, which means that season two would have aired in 1992. No, the USSR. USSR. Yeah. She was originally mm. from the Soviet Union. Which, when it dissolved, they changed to just broadly be Eastern Europe. <laughs> you make me angry, I break wind. <laughs> Niet. Yeah. Let's, um, let's get a score recap. Where are we at? <laughs> 10 to 0. Uh, so that was, only that, question, was only question that was only question four. That was only question four. We got one more to so see. So shut if up, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> just sit, sit in your ivory tower and keep your mouth shut. <laughs> he actually your birthday's over birthday boy yeah <laughs> uh question five category obligatory sports question uh the hornets the rojo rollers and the o rangers are just three of the potential teams in this popular youtube sport series they're really on a roll mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. good 
okay, I'm just trying to remember the name of the league. It's the the Marble, marble racing. racing League. Maybe it's just called the Marble Racing League. Okay. Um, it's the one that John Oliver um, uh, plugged uh, when quarantine started. I, I can't think of the actual name, but I'm just going to say, hopefully it's acceptable. I think it's the Marble Racing League. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the name of it, too. And we said Marble Racing League. Um, what I have here is uh, the Yellis Marble Runs. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I'll take it just because, like, you were able to at least suss out that it was marbles I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I think you, that's you, good you, enough. You, you understood it. Listen, oh, good. you Google yeah. Marble Racing League, that one's <laughs> popping up, so. All right, Matt. Now you got something to say? Me? Yeah. How about I'm a good. score update? No? This time no. you're silent? Okay. All right. It is 20 to 10 with the, the winningest in the lead. See, Matt, the whiningest team already started whining halfway. Not even, the game's not <laughs> four questions in. <laughs> Question six, Super Smash trivia. Uh, if this isn't a Super Smash Brothers question, I'm going to be furious. Uh, of the four unlockable fighters in Super Smash Brothers, which I know you know by now, uh, that for the N64... Uh, which one technically premiered in N uh, on the N64 Smash Brothers in the European region due to the games that they were featured in not actually being playable there until the launch of the Wii U Virtual Console in 2013? We can lock in here. I'm pretty sure. Okay. What would be the least popular thing? So your unlockable characters are Captain Falcon, uh -huh. Luigi, mm -hmm. Ness, Elliot Ness from yes. the Untouchables. <laughs> <laughs> That's his his uh, finishing move is getting you for tax evasion. Luigi, Captain Falcon, Ness, and because Captain Falcon goes with Jigglypuff. Samus. Yeah, Jigglypuff. Thanks. I would have gotten there eventually. I know. Yeah, just saving you some time. <laughs> so it's all up to you, Jeff, because I I don't even know any of the characters really. I'm guessing Luigi was ubiquitous, so we can roll that one out. Um guessing Earthbound with Ness. That had to have some impact. Maybe Captain Falcon with F-Zero Racing. I like that. Okay, we'll go with that. So, Matt, I was uh, tottering between F-Zero and Earthbound, um, but I think Earthbound is probably the one that was not released in Europe. That is correct. So we're going to go with Ness. Yeah, Earthbound took forever to get released in Europe. Uh, in 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 Europe, uh, and it's actually known as Mother in yeah. uh, in Japanese markets. Yep. Also, apparently, the Earthbound that we got, the first Earthbound, is actually Mother Two. I think yeah. we never got we never got Mother One. Uh, question seven, uh, category shell shocked. A common trivia question related to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is what weapons they wield. So I won't ask that here. Uh, instead, I'll ask what instruments each played in the 1990 Out of the Shell Tour. Two points for each instrument you match to the turtle, and an additional two if you get them all for the total of ten. Played is very loose <laughs> there. So I saw this tour twice, mm -hmm. I think. Um, and I, I just found out the other day that Michael Ian Black, the comedian and actor, was actually one of the turtles on this tour. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a guess, Jeff. Um, uh, I have a, an inkling here, and um, let them talk it out because I think yeah, okay. So let's 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 think this out. So based on the turtles' roles in yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Le Le Michelangelo's playing guitar for sure. Leonardo's right? playing guitar. I'm pretty sure Donatello's got to play keyboards. Yeah, keyboards are like a keytar because they because what they did is they you know they got they put the plastic thing on their hands yeah. and they uh, Chuck E. Cheese it up there. Michelangelo's got to be the drummer. 
Mm-hmm. And that leaves Raphael for bass. Yeah, Raph seems like a bass guy. Yeah. I always thought Donatello did drum machines, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's our guess. Okay. So, yeah, we, we went with uh, Michelangelo for drums. Nunchucks uh, are very similar to drums, I suppose. Uh, two sticks in a hand, obviously. Uh, Leonardo being the leader, we went guitar, lead guitar. Um, Donatello, we actually said, was the bass player. And then with Raphael, we said uh, he played keys, whether it's a variation of keyboard or guitar. Okay, so I don't think anyone's getting full points here. Um, I'm just going to run them down and uh, you just fact check yourselves. <laughs> okay. uh, what I got was Donatello had keyboard. Uh, Leo was on bass. Uh, Mikey was on lead vocals slash guitar. Uh, and Raph was on the drums. Oh, wow. That, that seems incorrect to me. But we got uh, we got one of them. So, <laughs> I guess so Ra- is that two points for us? Yeah, that's two points. Yeah. Okay. So Raphael is always angry. So I guess they, I could see why they put him on the drums just to get out that aggression. And uh, and Mikey being the silly one, you know, lead vocals is always like running the stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the David Lee Roth of the Turtles. There you go. I'm hot for April. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to question eight. Category is astronomy. Uh, Chris Evans might not appreciate talking about it, but what is the largest constellation by area? Okay, Matt had a pretty good guess. We were trying to figure this one out, but uh, Matt texted me something. We're not positive, but uh, it's a clever guess. Okay, so Cassiopeia, is that... I'm trying to think if that was from a movie, maybe, like uh, someone that he might have, you know, a character he would have dated. I mean, do you know, like, characters? This is not not a Captain America reference. It's definitely a reference from his indie film uh, debut in Puncture. (laughs) Oh, this is definitely a not another teen movie reference. Oh, man. (laughs) <laughs> okay so is there a, a whipped cream oh no a whipped cream constellation um uh we'll just go with orion i don't know if yeah it's fought orion one. in something but tough one all right um matt you want to do this one yeah uh chris evans most famously i assume is uh i said captain planet captain america uh, and his biggest foe would be Hydra, and I'm pretty sure there's a Hydra constellation, so we're gonna say Hydra. Yeah, uh, you guys caught on to the uh, to to the. Honestly, I I would have thought easier reference there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Chris Evans, uh, famous for Captain America, and their uh, their the main enemy organization, Hail Hydra. Hmm. It's an it's an easy reference, but a challenge if you don't know any constellations. <laughs> So that's where that's where we got hung up, but uh, I think we're ready <laughs> for question nine. Uh, question nine: Surprise spelling bee. Uh, Triskaidekaphobia is commonly cited as the fear of number thirteen. Spell it. No. <laughs> Triskaidekaphobia. Just refuse. <laughs> Ken, we should know this. That's the question in Letter Kenny. If you want to do it, that's fine. I've got. I wrote it out. I'm probably wrong, but if you want to take it. My only, my spelling ended with promoting Aquila and the B one time at work. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we are um, basically locked in here. I just kind of wrote it out. I'm probably wrong, but uh, it is what it is. So we're locked in. All right. Triskaidekaphobia. T-R-I-S-K-A-D-E-C-O-P-H-O-B-I-A, I guess. Okay. I didn't change Niels, so. Just stop me when I'm wrong, Matt. Uh, we don't need any extra letters here. T R Y S C H A D. Okay. <laughs> All right. How do you spell it? T 
T-R-I-S-K-A-I-D-E-K-A-P-H-O-B-I-A. Wow. So there's a K and an I in there that was kind of uh, I knew there was a silent vowel. All right. No points on that one, but uh, let's hear question 10 and hopefully finish it out strong. Question 10, uh, best worst movie. Final Destination is my favorite terrible movie series ever. Uh, in it, death is described as basically an invisible character who takes the place of a generic movie monster killer. Uh, in the original, a specific fitting song plays before most of the deaths that happen in the movie. You don't need to get a mile high to get the answer, but what is what song is it? Uh, we are going to lock in because I love these movies and I can't wait for the new one next year. I'm trying to remember. I haven't seen the original one in a really long time. Um, You're under the impression it's John Denver? I was thinking it was John Denver. Well, he has he famously has that uh, Rocky Mountain High song. Is that the most famous one? I, I thought he had another one, too. I just... Country Roads? Is that him? He, I, yeah, it might have been. I just know that he, he had the clue Mile High, and that's I was thinking of John Denver. Well, I think that song is called Rocky Mountain High. Okay. I mean, we can go with that. I know, obviously, there's a huge plane uh, plot point, and, and he passed in a plane, so it kind of makes sense. So. so you guys are locking in with that? Yep. Well, we also locked in with that because it is definitely Rocky Mountain High by John Denver. Seriously? <laughs> I'm shocked. Uh, it's actually a different John Denver song. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it is the one that is very ominous because, as as uh, as Neil said, he died on a plane, uh, and what what better eerie song than leaving on a jet plane? Same song uh, Ben Affleck sings before they uh, take off in Armageddon. Okay, that brings a conclusion to the first round. Looks like we clocked in at 32, and uh, the winningest team so far in second place with 20 points. Uh, before we throw it to Matt, uh, join us on social media at Triviality Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, come join us over at the Crop and talk with other listeners uh, for new show releases. And uh, feel free to to uh, join our Discord. There's going to be a link at the bottom of the uh, show notes here. You can come hang out uh, if you'd like a non Facebook option to meet other Crop members uh, and have some fun. And uh, we have to thank uh, our host Matthew Cosme for uh, moderating and help starting the Discord. So thank you, Matt. All right, so uh, what did you have for the swing round today? Okay, so uh, for the swing round, I decided to do uh, top 10 countries by population. Just list uh, 10 countries, the the top 10 countries. It doesn't matter if they're in order or not. I just want the 10 countries, uh, the 10 top countries by population. Okay. Um, You get 10 points for each one that you have that is on my list. Okay. And uh, you can actually choose one of the countries within that list. Give me the population. Uh, if you're within 10 million, I'll give you an extra 15 points. Okay. Sounds like fun and sounds like Jeff's going to rack up some points here. It sounds like <laughs> we can both rack up some points because it's a high scoring round. So we'll think about these and we'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Was, or call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, <laughs> exactly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Okay, and we're back after making our lists. So um, let's see. Do we want to read our lists back and then um, Matt can give us the correct list and then we'll give our population guess? Sure. Sure. Okay. Uh, So for our team, we put uh, China, India, USA, which are in the correct order. And then after this, we're spinning out. (laughs) But we think Bangladesh, Indonesia, Russia, Brazil, Mexico, Spain, and Japan. And for our guests, we are going to stick with uh, the U.S. of A, which I believe is 332 mil. All right. And uh, we also have China, India, the United States, Indonesia, Bangladesh, Brazil, Pakistan, Russia, Nigeria, and Mexico. And population guess? Yeah, we're going to go U.S. Uh, we're right about at the same ballpark. We said 325. Um, so it's number 10 is Mexico. Number nine is Russia. Number eight is Bangladesh. Number seven is Nigeria. Number six is Brazil. Number five is Pakistan. Number four is Indonesia. Number three is the United States. Number two is India. And number one is China. And for the population guess, I uh, from the reference that I pulled, uh, the United States had a population of 331 million. <laughs> Uh, 2,651. So within 10 million, uh, I believe that is both, both yep, teams. That's right. Yeah. We were within 1 million. Good job. <laughs> Good job, Ken. Okay. After that very lucrative swing round, it looks like um, the winningest team was able to rack up 115 and heighten their score to 135. The whiniest team... Uh, did pretty good. We got 95 points, but uh, dropped us into second place at 127, which is like the the weirdest number of points I think we've ever had on the show. But <laughs> let's go ahead into round two. Uh, round two, question one. Uh, my category is got it memorized. Uh, going back through your catalog, I noticed you whiffed at the same question twice. So mm-hmm. I thought I would ask you again. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series has plenty of strange characters, including Zaphod Beeblebrox. Among Zaphod's achievements included inventing a drink described as the alcoholic equivalent of a mugging, expensive and bad for the head. What is the name of the drink? (laughs) I'm on the verge of the correct answer here. Um, There's just little tweaks of the wording of it that I'm struggling with. So, um, How do none of us know this? I think I know it. I know. That's not surprising to me. I, I would normally look to Ken for this one because I know he would You good probably... with that? I Yes. Unless there's like a different 
yeah, I think letter in the, one of these. I know I the second right. half of that is correct, but I think the first half there's possibility for error. Okay, so I think there I think there's a word in there like gargle blaster. That's all the only thing that's coming to me. Pangalactic gargle blaster? That sounds right. Pangalactic gargle blaster. The uh alliteration sounds nice there. Okay. That's what we'll lock in. Okay, we said pangalactic gargle blaster. Hey, you guys did learn your lesson. It is the pangalactic gargle blaster. Uh, that came to me in the eleventh no hour. No one ever asks us that again. <laughs> That's it. We did it. That's it. Third time. Rede- Redemption and vindication. Cue, uh, cue the song "Vindicated." Matt. No. <laughs> He's not drunk enough. <laughs> a few more gargle blasters. All right, uh, going into round two, question two, category objection. Uh, known as Gyakuten Saibon in Japan, which translates directly as turnabout trial, the first three games of this series see you take control of a spiky-haired defense lawyer and follows his adventures with his spirit medium partner. I hope you can get this correct. I'll take two answers for this. Uh, uh, if you can, Basically, if you can give me the series name uh, or the main character of it. Okay. I think we're locked in, right, Matt? Um, I know the character. I don't know if I know his name, but uh, you can lock in. I know what they're talking about. I think I brought it up to Ken once. It's that game where um, the guy like points. Yes, 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 yes. He points, uh, you know, and he goes like "you" or whatever, like objection, objection. And one of my favorite Japanese directors, uh, who normally does like weird horror movies and like body horror movies, I believe Takashi. Yeah, I think Takashi Miike actually did. A version of this which is crazy um i don't know the name of it i think it's like really goofy though like mr lawyer man or um lawyer man i don't know <laughs> so you'd, close you'd know better than me uh yeah it's like lawyer. i kept thinking of a uh, harvey birdman attorney at law, law. and yeah. i'm like that's not right <laughs> it's like uh uh man it's like mr it's like lawyer man or um I'm, I'm gonna say it's uh you don't know right i don't all right i'm gonna say it's sensei lawyer because i can't i can't think of it we're saying uh phoenix wright ace attorney uh yeah, honestly, uh Mr. Lawyer Man is closer than you would have thought. Uh it is uh Ace Attorney, uh the main character being Phoenix Wright. Uh but also in the uh, in the original Japanese, uh they basically named him Phoenix Wright so they could play off of the same jokes that they have in the Japanese version because in Japan in Japanese, uh his name is Naruhodo, which mm. basically means I see. I see. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, moving on to question three, uh, category move over Simba. Uh, in the, in the 2005 children's movie, Madagascar, what species are the animals who look like a mix between cats and weasels that attack Marty in the final climactic battle? Have you ever seen Madagascar? No, but I'm pretty sure I know it. I'm just going to let these gentlemen lock in. So Jeff, you wrote down an answer. I think one of the lead characters is that animal, but I can't think of the actual animal that I think he's asking about. But that's fine going with that. Wait, what do you mean? There, it looks like that, but it's a lot tinier. It's it's not as agile as what you wrote down. It's they look like rats, but they look. You know what I mean? (laughs) I I don't know. I I don't know. I I can think. I I can see it in my face or my head. I thought you were over the concussion. Uh, maybe not, but I, I know what the animal is. I just don't know the name of it, but let's just lock in with what you have. Okay. So I think it's lemurs, isn't it? Oh, that sound, that seems right. The description I can, I can fits, and I think there's lemurs in Madagascar. Things. Sasha Baron Cohen plays the lemur king. So. Yeah. 
So lemurs? Yeah. <laughs> Lemur, sure. We also guessed lemur. Okay. Uh, so I tried to be slightly clever in this category, but I don't think I, I pulled it off very well. Um, the category name is Move mm -hmm. Over Simba. Uh, because I'm trying to reference Simba with the Lion King, mm -hmm. and Mu uh, is the beginning of Simba's father, Mu Fasa, mm -hmm. which is apparently a species of animal that exists that oh. I had no idea existed until this movie. Oh, not what I thought. <laughs> oh. It huh. is uh, the Fasa. The Fasa? Mu Fasa or the Fasa? The Fasa. Fasa. Ah, sounds like a wrestler. <laughs> The Apparently they're like you. they're like weird cat weasel things. Uh, like they're carnivorous. Sounds like I'd want to have one as a pet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. All right, uh, moving on to question four. Uh, category: Tabletop games. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons is one of the most widely known tabletop RPGs to exist, uh, even being known to people that have never played them before. Uh, originally published in 1974 by Tactical Studies Rules Incorporated, otherwise known as TSR, uh, and created by Gary Gygax, what publisher is it currently using now when it switched in 1997? We can lock in. Okay. Is it uh, Wizards of the Coast? Yeah? Yeah, they do all the... They do the Pokemon I game. Think they right? acquired, I, think. I think they acquired it, so I think we're going Wizards of the Coast. Um so evil megalomaniac company Hasbro's subsidiary, uh Wizards of the Coast. Uh yeah, Wizards of the Coast. Come out uh, to the coast, have a few spells. <laughs> <laughs> Question five, category movie terminology. Uh, the Ark of the Covenant and Raiders of the Lost Ark, R2-D2 in Star Wars, and the briefcase in Pulp Fiction are all examples of what common film device? Ah, my favorite uh, order at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want to say it at the same time? Sure. All right. Three, two, one. Sure. MacGuffin. MacGuffin. Yeah, it is a MacGuffin, and I included R2-D2 in here because when I was researching MacGuffins for a list for this, uh, George Lucas has specifically described R2-D2 as a MacGuffin, uh, even though he is not the the, the dic dictionary definition of a, of a MacGuffin. Okay, yeah. time for a score update. Um, looks like we retook the lead, but just by two points. It's 167 to 165. Moving on to question six. Category is I Know You Know. Uh, in the pilot episode of Psych, James Roday, who is now going by a combination of his stage name and his birth name, James Roday Rodriguez, uh, improvises a line while holding a, an, an, an item iconic to the series, which sets off a, which set off a fan favorite trope. What was the item? Ah, I uh, we can lock in over here, and I, I hope Matt would lock in because he watches this almost every night before he goes to bed, except uh, for the office, possibly. <laughs> is that accurate? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a pineapple. But yeah, we're locking with pineapple. We also went with uh, the only uh, decoration in Matt's apartment right now. It's a pineapple. <laughs> uh, yeah, he grabs a, a pineapple off a shelf and uh, makes a reference. Goes, uh, you want me to slice this up for the road? Uh, <laughs> which actually created such a huge following that uh, uh, when USA started airing like every episode of Psych, uh, in a marathon, they did a contest where you had to figure out where they referenced the pineapple in every episode. Mm. Um, 
and like I forget what you won if you uh if you could get all of them, but uh yeah, it was like a big thing. Like it was so iconic to the series that like USA used it for that. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know why I knew about the pineapple, but uh, subconsciously I did. But I'm glad Matt brought that home. Mm. <laughs> but uh, let's go ahead with question seven. Uh, round two, question seven. Uh, category is Broadway and myth. Uh, the story of what Greek mythological cu- couple was the Broadway musical Hades Town based on? Oh sh! <laughs> <laughs> I know the I know the answer. Oh god! And I as I know the musical and and the name is completely escaping me. And I'm getting a different Greek name in my head. John Stamos. <laughs> yeah. So there was uh, Sisyphus who was rolling the boulder up the hill, right? And yes. then there was Syphilis, right? Who was uh, rolling hanging out in nightclubs? <laughs> Syphilis was rolling in the wrong nightclub. Okay, mm. Matt, do you know this one at all? Uh, no. Do you know the myth? I mean, about the Hades in their town? No, I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this is the uh, the musical about uh, when Hades comes to town and they're not allowed to okay. go dancing. Right? Everybody, shut yeah. up, so I can lock in an answer really quick. <laughs> Forget it. It's Hades Town. <laughs> was this a show with Courtney Cox? No. <laughs> okay, I I just have to guess at this or point because I'm in the see. I'm in the same I'm in the same bag as Neil is here. So, and I'd like to get out of it. So, so you're so saying you're, that's not your bag, baby? So we're locked in. That's not my bag, baby. Uh, so I was trying to think in my head to explain this. Of uh, I couldn't I couldn't think of Lawrence Fishburne's name in The Matrix for the life of me for some reason. And then I was Morpheus. like, oh, Morpheus. And then Jeff, out of the right side of my ear, said Orpheus and Eurydice, which is the correct answer. So we're going to lock in with Orpheus and Eurydice. Well done. I, I did have Orpheus. Um, I could not think of another one. So I put Persephone, who I'm pretty sure was just uh, Hades Bay. But uh, <laughs> I don't think that's the correct other figure. But yeah, it's the one when the guy goes into the uh, the underworld to bring her back and he can't look back yeah otherwise it's all undone but he does anyways because he's an idiot and, and he's a man yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's the most distinct uh, just like or Eurydice is going look you can have me for eternity just don't look back you idiot oh, I gotta look back <laughs> <laughs> it's like that meme where he's looking at the other uh... yeah <laughs> all right how do how do we do matt like the the reason he looks back is because uh Hades is like I, I guess does something where like her her footsteps get like more faint the closer they get to the exit mm-hmm. so like he can't hear her anymore so he's worried that like maybe she got lost back there mm-hmm. which is why he, he looks back uh, yeah but when somebody tells you under no condition do you look back this is going to be a big yeah. trick so don't look <laughs> back and there's even a music number about it don't, don't look back don't, in anger yeah <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, Leo it is uh, Orpheus and Eurydice, um, which the, the the Matrix reference is actually uh, how I get tripped up trying to remember this because I keep remembering Morpheus and Eurydice, so which I, is the Matrix character. I think the way you should remember this, if you ever forget it, is you think of Morpheus and Andrew Dice Clay because it <laughs> rhymes with Orpheus and well, not really, but Orpheus and Eurydice. I think you'll remember it if you think of Morpheus and Andrew yeah, Dice Clay. Got it. Yeah, Morpheus honestly, and Euripides. Honestly, I thought Matt was almost getting it when uh, when he when he said Euripides. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought he was almost getting it. I was like, you're almost there. <laughs> I'm just saying Greek names that I know. Uh, yeah. So moving on to question eight. Uh, category is everyone's favorite category, uh, which is uh, elemental facts. 
Uh, what element has an atomic number of 47, not to be confused with the Letterkenny rental used for raves? We can lock in. I don't remember this uh, episode. Some kind of metal, right? I don't know. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of them. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't, I don't, Titanium. I wish you weren't so f***ing awkward, Matt. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I can't get the Letterkenny reference right now, but uh, it's been a while since I watched it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, we could say Titanium. Sure, titanium. Uh, you gotta have uh, you gotta have much more respectable events at the Ag Hall. Mm. Ag is mm. uh, gold, agriculture. silver. Oh, silver. Yeah. So the uh, so the reference was uh, the Ag Hall, which uh, atomic uh, atomic symbol Ag for silver. Mm. Just moving on to question nine. There. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, category is words, words, words. Uh, a palindrome is a word that is spelled the same way backwards and forwards. Uh, examples being uh, madam or race car. Uh, what would you call a word that spells a different word backwards, like stop and pots? Uh, a certain Zachary might appreciate it. Uh, and just as a note, there are two possible answers for this. Uh, one of them is referenced in the hint. One of them is not. Okay. We can lock in. Okay, so you you uh, you think uh, antidrone? Is that what you said? Yeah, I I don't think it's videodrome. Long live the the long live the flesh. Long live the or fl- long live the new flesh. The new flesh. <laughs> but I'm trying uh, to think of what the I think it's antidrome. But I think it's antidrome. Okay, we're good with that. And I can't remember how to pronounce it, but I think it's a. Oh, let me write it out. Hold on. I, I I wrote a quinto, by the way, quinto. Which, which is not the right answer. <laughs> Just a quinto. quinto. Just a quinto, please. Do you want cream in your coffee? Just a quinto. <laughs> yeah, does, does Zachary uh, Quinto ever come into your uh, coffee establishment, Matt, and ask for a quinto? It's not an ephedrine. He, he was there once, yeah. <laughs> I believe this is like an emodena lap. I think it's just palindrome backwards. Okay. I don't think there's a Zachary emodena lap or whatever you just said, but we'll go with it. <laughs> Okay, so the the alternative uh, answer that I would have taken is uh, Immortina Lap, which uh, is just palindrome backwards. Um, But uh, the answer that I had uh, written out uh, is uh, a Levi-drome, which is uh, because apparently some kid named Levi uh, was wondering why there was no word for the opposite of a palindrome. And apparently they just decided to make it a word. <laughs> All right. Let's see if we can finish strong in the final question. So final question in round two. Uh, category is sounded out. Uh, what popular food is that is mostly made for kids is named for its founder, spelled in a way that made his name easy to pronounce? Jonathan Lunchable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are so close. It's Tobias Lunchable. <laughs> Okay, we can lock in over here. Okay, so it's it's the guy's name, but spelled in a way where it's easy to pronounce. What would I don't? What do kids eat? Pop tarts. That's what I eat. I just eat PB and J's every day, all day. Uh, kids do eat pop tarts. Cinnamon toast crunch. Pills. Uh, hopefully not. Tide pods. Hopefully not. <laughs> uh, Lunchable. Uh, I don't know. You're stuck on these Lunchables. Maybe his last name was Lunchables. Lunchables. <laughs> Lunchables. So we obviously have no idea. So you just want to say Lunchables? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Jack Black movie, Lunchables. 
so yeah, I think you're looking for the uh, actual chef named Boyardi. Paul which is, Boyardi. Which is okay. Boyardi. Yeah, Chef Boyardi. Okay. Why yeah, can't but... adults eat Chef Boyardi? Because it's... Mostly made for kids is part of the question. Yeah. <laughs> so he didn't want people mispronouncing his name, so he spelled it phonetically on the cans. Okay, in that uh, last part there, uh, we fell way behind. We kind of struck out in the second half. We got 177. The winningest team has 205. Strong second half for them right there. So let's find out about the final round. Uh, so we got uh, Category 1 from Chicago, Illinois. Category 2, Ken. Category 3, Matt. Category 4, Neil. And Category 5, Jeff. I'm inclined to push in the chips, Matt. Yeah. Let's push them in. Push them in on Matt and none of the others. <laughs> I want to trounce these fools. What do you think? The most winningest. You know me. I like. I always like to, to call. Oh, you want to call? All right. We'll go all in. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> so we uh, we're, we're pushing our chip. No, we're not all in, but we're pushing as many yeah. chips as we can. And, and, no, uh, no, I think... You can go yeah, all yeah, in. We can. You have 170, right? Uh, at least 170? Yeah. You can go Somewhere all in. in there? Yeah, you can no, go all in. All in implies in. that you don't have enough chips. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Never mind. All right. Everybody, shut up once again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As we said, we decided to go all in and uh, push in all the chips that we can, and these guys are calling, so it's uh, 30s all the way down. So let's hear the questions. All right, so question one from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, born Chancellor Jonathan Bennett, this Chicago-born artist releases all his music entirely for free, stating that he thinks putting a price on it puts a limit on it and inhibits me from making a connection. Uh, question two, category Ken. The capital of Japan changes with the emperor as the capital is considered to be wherever they consider their home. Currently, this city is Tokyo and has been since 1868. What city was it before this? Uh, question three, category Matt. Uh, Paul D. Hubbard was uh, is the quarterback who is credited with inventing the modern huddle. What affliction did he suffer from, which would make uh, which would make why he created the huddle make sense? Question four, category Neil. Many movies over the years have been considered flops by the industry, grossing less than their budget, some more than others. What movie starring Katherine Heigl and Tom Sizemore has the distinction of being the biggest box office flop with a budget of $1.2 million and a box office gross of only $30? Matt might have a better chance to recognize this one. And question five, categories Jeff. Of the 193 sovereign flags, 190 are rectangular, three are non-rectangular. Nepal is one of uh, is one is the one most known as defying the norm and having a non-rectangular flag, having uh, having a flag in the shape of two triangles. The other two are square. Name one. All right. So while we take a moment to go over these questions, just wanted to let everyone know about our Patreon. Matthew is here. He is a uh, Dutch enthusiast at the moment. He was actually one of the actually the first person to get a Dutch enthusiast pin with his uh, specialized box. Uh, but you can join him over at Patreon for hours and hours of extra content. If you go to patreon.com slash triviality podcast, where when you sign up, uh, you'll get a, a welcome letter, some stickers, some posters, there's boxes. Uh, but most of all, like I said, some extra uh, audio content that you can listen to. So if you'd like to join Matthew, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash triviality podcast. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. 
I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. All the answers are now locked in. So let's get the questions one more time and see how we did. And we are feeling pretty confident. I don't know about these guys, but... Pretty, 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 pretty good. good. Pretty good. All right, Matt, let's hear the questions once more. So question one category from Chicago, Illinois. Born Chancellor Jonathan Bennett, the Chicago-born artist, releases all his music entirely for free, stating that he thinks putting a price on it puts a limit on it and inhibits me from making a connection. Well, if I'm Ken the Podcaster, the answer to this is Chance the Rapper. And if uh, we're known as uh, Luck the Linguist, uh, we actually want to go with Chance the Rapper. Yeah, uh, the answer is Chance the Rapper. There's actually a second Chance the Rapper, but he's a professional gift rapper. And there's a big <laughs> lawsuit between the two. But it's settled now. Thank God. <laughs> Stupid uh, joke. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you need to wrap that joke up. It's right, no uh, good. Moving on. <laughs> uh, question two, category Ken. Uh, the capital of Japan changes with the emperor as the capital is considered to be wherever they consider their home. Currently, this city is Tokyo and has been since 1868. What city was it before this? Well, uh, on my trip to Japan, I went to the new palace and the old palace, and I believe the old one was in Kyoto. I was like, what does Ken know about the Meiji Restoration? Yeah, um, <laughs> we we uh, agree. We think the palace was there, and then after the shogunate moved it to the eastern capital of Tokyo uh, from Kyoto. So we said Kyoto. Uh, yep. Uh, answer would be Kyoto. Uh, question three, category Matt. Uh, Paul D. Hubbard is the quarterback who is credited with inventing the modern huddle. What affliction did he suffer from which would make why he created the huddle make sense? He needed hugs. <laughs> uh, we thought that he's probably a deaf man. He said deafness. Yeah, we said uh, he was afflicted with being deaf. Yeah, um, so it was a weird thing where apparently he, uh, apparently like there were a bunch of people who knew sign somehow <laughs> in in the nfl which is not a thing i would have expected um but uh people were uh he, he was getting tired of people uh like 
being able to like see Read his the, signs to his uh to his team the astros so, kept cheating uh, he, yeah exactly yeah <laughs> uh so um he he basically created the huddle so that he could sign closer to his team gotcha. <laughs> all right number four uh, question four, category Neil. Uh, what movie starring Katherine Heigl and Tom Sizemore has the distinction of being the biggest box office flop with a budget of $1.2 million and a box office gross of only $30? Yeah, uh, we went uh, with the Zizix Road, if that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, yeah. A movie that would score a ton in Scrabble. We said uh, Zizix Road. Yeah, um, I genuinely wasn't expecting too many people to get this one because... Uh, <laughs> Literally every playtester that I had run by this said that they had literally never even heard of this movie, <laughs> which <laughs> honestly makes sense. <laughs> I used to talk about this movie all the time. Yeah, it's kind of a fun little tidbit that it seemed that every all four of us were aware of. So it's kind of weird. But uh, yeah, this is Zix Road. Have you ever seen it, Neil? I've never seen it. No, Maybe I... we should do a screening. I wouldn't mind doing a screening. <laughs> that would be absolutely hilarious. We could do a screening where we all do commentary. How, I wonder if it's bad get... or if it just didn't take Could off i mean it's got tom it? sizemore and katherine heigl so well i heard the bad, movie but... is basically tom sizemore running up and down zizix road the the named the movie named road and he just picks up uh, dirt and puts them in little canisters come on and he carry, carries them around okay <laughs> squeeze in your spielberg reference it's over <laughs> one one contractually required bar per episode yes exactly <laughs> spielberg's got us by the balls <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm gonna move on to question five category was jeff uh of the 193 sovereign flags 190 are rectangular uh three are non-rectangular uh nepal is uh one with two triangles and the other two are square i asked you to name one of them i think you uh, uh based on the discussion i think you could actually both name both of them so <laughs> So we said, uh, we discussed Vatican City, but we locked in with Switzerland. Yep. We were pretty sure Vatican City was one, but we were absolutely positive Switzerland was the other. So that's what we went with too. Yeah. So, uh, the answer is, uh, either Vatican City or Switzerland, which, nice. uh, you mentioned both on both teams. So. Hooray for us. All right. Well, it was a great final round, uh, for both teams, but, uh, the winningest team was in the lead when we came in. So there they stayed. We had... 327 high score and these guys had 355 to be today's <sighs> cream of the crop odd balance off balance doesn't matter i'm better than you are that was a tough game i mean uh, after that swing round though it finally kind of came back into you know into the picture <laughs> more like cream of the crap am i right matt yeah based, yeah. On, based on our scores you wouldn't know it was a tough game but well great job uh, we appreciate those questions that was a, a really fun game yeah i uh, i i like I was saying, I, I mostly go for, for questions that are interesting uh, rather than ones that are answerable uh, necessarily. <laughs> well, the score reflects a pretty balanced game, and we appreciate your uh, your participation in today's episode. Thank you for your questions. And again, thank you so much for uh, being one of our highest uh, Patreon donors. It means a lot to us. And uh, I guess that'll do it for today's episode. Feeling good about the win? I'm feeling good about the win, and I'm a little afraid, though, now of, of the secretive executive producer game that he has in store for us. So we'll have yeah, to see we'll what have that to is. We'll have to look forward to that one, I guess. Yeah. But for uh, Matthew Cosme, thanks again for joining us. Our normal Matt, Jeff, Neil, I'm Ken. That was Trivial. Okay.
Okay, so first question, do you know any constellations? Yes. Cassiopeia. <laughs> Calliopeia. Let's go through all of them. Orion's belt, which he should have had cinched down a little bit more. <laughs> Come <laughs> on. Uh, okay, 